And we are live. This is a wrap it up on Blast Raps post game show. How does it feel, Raptors fans? That, my friends, is the biggest win of the season. Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. How does it feel? The Raptors, for the first time this season, are a game over 500. I'll say it again. For the first time this season, the Raptors have a winning record. They now sit at 16 and 15. They've won eight of their last 11, four games in a row. And I know they beat the Nets, but really, Kevin Durant wasn't in the lineup. Really, he was in the lineup, out of the lineup. A lot of weird things going on in that game. Yeah, I know they beat the Bucks two games in a row, but Drew Holiday wasn't there. Tonight, without Kyle Lowry, against Ben Simmons and Embiid, Embiid coming off a 50-burger, my guy comes out, didn't really have a good game. But the Raptors don't care. No Kyle Lowry, doesn't matter. 110-103, Raptors win, Raptors win. Thank you guys for tuning in to this Wrap It Up podcast. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. We're streaming live on Twitch, On Blast Podcast. We're streaming live on YouTube. Just look for Sheldon Alexander. And we are streaming live on Twitter as well, at Shell Alexander. The reason I bring that up is because this is your podcast. You guys send in your comments and questions live, and I will read them right away. I'll get to the comments, especially on a game like today when I know the fan base is fired up. We will have a lot of time to read comments, find out what the peoples are saying. That's what we're going to do here on the Wrap It Up podcast, because that's what we do each and every Raptors game. I mean, when the Raptors started 2-8, and eight, things were looking bleak. If you watch the pod, I, you know, we were talking about it, and I stated at the time, they're not as bad as, as the 2-8 and eight start, and this season was going to be a grind for them. And they found their way to dig themselves out of this hole. I, I can't believe it at this point, just how it's happened. I'm so... Like, watching this Raptors team, it looks like the Raptors teams of the past. And that is a great sight to see if you are a fan of this Toronto Raptors team. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And in case you ever miss the podcast, don't worry, we got you covered as we end up wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Music, on Spotify, SoundCloud, and, of course, the aforementioned YouTube. Just look for On Blast Podcast. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show. On Blast is the network. Thank you to everyone who likes and subscribes and tells their friends about the movement that is the On Blast podcast network. And you know what? We got big things going on. As mentioned, Raptors win 110 to 103 over the Sixers. And it's funny. I got a group text with a bunch of my Centennial peeps. And we're always talking ball each and every Raptors game. The, the group text is, is on fuego. And I've always stated this. I will never take the Sixers seriously. Like, I know they're in first place, and I get that. I know that they're off to a great start, and I get that. I know that Embiid is putting in work, and he's taken his scoring average from 23 points to 30 points. Great job for Joel Embiid. But what I know is that Nick Nurse is always going to have a game plan, and the Raptors, regardless of whoever's on the court, they're going to play hard defense. And that's what it's that's exactly what happened in this game. When you're in the fourth quarter and you need buckets, because the game is still in the balance, the Sixers go seven minutes and 39 seconds without a field goal. 
They only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. That is not winning basketball. You know what that tells me? That's a team that's not ready yet to win. And I'm saying this. I know it's a regular season. I know they play them again on Tuesday. And hey, the Sixers might come out and blow out the Raptors, whatever. That's all fine and dandy. Cool. My point is... The difference between those teams and being able to be the team that we're being told Philly is, is consistency. And if you know that you're playing the Raptors, a team that has been the nemesis of yours for the last couple of years, you got to come out and have a much better game or be able to finish the job off at least. But, you know, I'll dig deeper into the fourth quarter and their struggles and what I actually think is wrong with the Sixers team. Because there's still holes in that lineup. They're a solid team. You can see Doc Rivers making a difference because they just look like a different squad. But I'll go through that and break everything down. But let's get to the actual game. I'll go through the game, tell you guys what I saw, and then I'll read your comments and questions. Again, log on to YouTube or Instagram or Twitch or Twitter. Send me your comments and questions, and I will read them live a little bit later on on the pod. But first up here, no Kyle Lowry for the raps. We know that. The Raps still decide to go small, even against Joel Embiid and the Sixers. And I thought that was really an interesting look from Nick Nurse. Because no matter what we know at this point, Baines is better in small doses. <laughs> so not starting the game with Baines, it throws Embiid off a little. Because I think the assumption was they were going to start Baines. And I think by giving the different look... It, it sort of throws the Sixers off a little. It's not something they've seen. Because remember, in most of the times playing against the Raptors, it's going to be a heavy dose of Marcus Gasol or Serge Ibaka. And now you're go you're downsizing all the way to having Siakam and Bembry in that front line. It's just a different look. It's going to take you a little bit to get used to. And by the time you get used to that, okay, well, then Nick Nurse is going to switch it up again. And he's going to bring in Baines and uh, Boucher. It's the little things that you might not notice right away, but it's the little things that make Nick Nurse such a great coach because he's always scheming and coming up with something. Raps going small. It's all right. Things were starting all right for the Sixers. They started out the game on an 11-2 run offensively, right? Nurse goes to Baines, throws things off a little, but then back-to-back -back threes, Freddie from Pascal. Raps answer quickly, 10-2 run of their own, and they cut the lead to six. And at the end of that first quarter, the Raptors go on a 20-2 run. I'm going to say that again. The end of the first quarter, this was a big swing here. The Raptors end the quarter on a 20-2 run. Fred Van Fleet had 13 points in 3 minutes and 5 seconds. Raptors led 28-24 after 1. The Raptors shot 58% from the floor, 5 of 9 from 3s. And Freddie, you knew he was on one when he hits the first couple of threes, but then when he hit that one that went off the backboard and in, when that went in cash, <laughs> that's when I was kind of like, oh, okay. Okay, Freddie, that's that's how we feeling tonight. And he just continued his strong play that I think Fred Van Fleet is doing such a good job in terms of just leading the Raptors in terms of what we've seen so long from Kyle Lowry. You lead with the tempo, you lead with the pace, and the rest of the squad will follow. And just a beautiful performance from Freddie. The team's struggling early, but it doesn't matter. A huge run. Again, 20-2 run that closed that first quarter. That is massive if you're the Toronto Raptors. And not really a good look if you're the Sixers, right? So as we move on to the second quarter, I thought the Raptors bench was doing a really solid job. Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher giving solid minutes. But I think the key from the Raptors bench was they came in and still maintained 
a great high level of defense. Terrence Davis has struggled as of late, but you knew you probably needed a bit of his firepower offensively in this game, and he was solid. He had his moments for sure. Ben Simmons, I'll say this, Ben Simmons was very impressive. Earlier on in the game when Ben Simmons was on Norm Powell, if you notice, Norm Powell was hot. Norm Powell's averaging, what, 22 points per game in the month of February. Tonight in this game, Norman Powell was 3 for 11 for 11 points, and he just got into double digits at the very end. And why did Norm struggle early on? Well, Philly's game plan, Ben Simmons was on him early, but they were definitely had made him a focal point because why? Remember, we keep talking about the same stat all the time. Norm, since he's been in the starting lineup, is in the top three in the NBA in first quarter scoring. So what did Philly do right away? Well, they took out Norman Powell, and he was really off balance for the majority of this game. And a lot of that is credit to Ben Simmons. Again, one of six Norman Powell started off in this game. And early on for the Raptors, because against Philly, you want to speed them up, but it's tough because there's a fine line because they play well fast as they play well fast as well. <laughs> ben Sim and that's cuz of Ben Simmons. His ability to go coast to coast and get downhill, it's like a mini Giannis or mini prime LeBron in terms of once he gets that head of steam going towards the basket, it's tough to stop him. And so the Raptors eight turnovers early leading to 12 points. That's how the Sixers were in that game. And at the half, the Sixers led 55 to 52. And the Raptors holding Embiid in that first court, in that first half, pardon me, to three of eight field goals and just six free throw attempts. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, he had 18 points and was six of eight from the floor. He was an absolute problem. But on the flip side, the Raptors' big boys came to play. Siakam and Van Fleet, they combined for 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting. They also had nine of Toronto's 13 assists in that first half. When Norm, or sorry, when Siakam and Van Fleet no, and they take the test head on in terms of coming into a game against the Sixers and they take that test and they show out, that's a great look for the Raps. In that third quarter, Norm started to heat up a little bit, right? He got a dunk. He hit another shot. I thought he made a really nice pass to Aaron Baines for a dunk. Norm started to get things going and Ben Simmons just answered. He's a problem. When he got it going and he's driving and he's finding Curry, he's finding Danny Green, that's when the Sixers are at their best. When you're either dumping it inside to Embiid or Ben Simmons is running around and just getting wide open looks. Like life should be so easy for Danny Green, Seth Curry, almost said Steph, Seth Curry, and their other three-point shooters. Whether it's Thibold off the bench or Shake Milton, whoever it is, those guys should be living just off wide open threes. And it worked for a while. They were up 10. Sixers were playing great D. They're still turning up, turning over the Raptors. And for the Raps, as you're trying to play fast, it's tough because defensively, the Sixers are able to put up such long bodies. And, you know, when you're talking Simmons and Thibold and uh, Tobias Harris, then you have Embiid as the anchor in the paint. It's tough. It makes life tough for sure. Aaron Baines, I mean... I have an up and down relationship with with my Aaron Vane's viewing experience. He misses so many chippies. He has bad hands. But then every once in a while, he'll make like a solid defensive play or defensive rotation or swing pass or something. And you're just like, okay. 
And I think at this point, it's just best to keep him coming off the bench and have him play in spurts. That's what I think. I don't know. Philly, though, took, taking advantage of Baines' misfortunes at the rim. Philly goes on an 11-0 run. They're up by 13. The Raps were able to get into a run of their own, cut the lead back down to single digits. And all of a sudden, Philly's three-point shooting was so hot in that third quarter that you just knew they couldn't maintain it. They were 6 of 8 from 3 in that third quarter, while the Raps were just 1 of 6 to start. And you just knew they couldn't maintain that. It just wasn't possible. So much like the end of the first quarter, Chris Boucher and Fred Van Fleet. I mean, Freddie hits a three, then Boucher hits a three. Back-to-back threes, capping an 8-0 run. Raps were down three before Boucher comes back down again. And my guy's just shooting it with confidence. Splashing another three. That tied the game. Raptors close a queue on a 12-2 run. Trailed by one, 84-83 at the end of the third quarter. And Boucher just kept it going into the fourth. He hits an, another three. And, it, and this one, he gets a ball. And I, I wrote on Twitter, he has no chill. Because for lack of a better term, my guy, there's no hesitation. And that's normally, even if he's missing shots, you still rarely see Chris Boucher hesitate. And you just love to see it. Because to be honest, when that kid comes into the game and he is rebounding, he's all over the offensive glass. He's trying to bother Embiid in the post. I'm okay with him shooting the three. Obviously, there's a line where if he's missing too much, cool, you might want to have him chill. But I think at this point, he's earning the respect from the rest of his teammates in terms of his confidence and his ability to take and make big-time three-pointers. And that's exactly what he did in this game. A huge boost off the Raptors bench with 17 points on 6 of 8 shooting, including 5 of 6 from 3. A season high, which would be a career high, five threes for Boucher. Also give him five rebounds and three blocks. He had a massive block down the stretch on Joel Embiid, who thought he had a wide open dunk. But no, Boucher was right there to block the shot. And I mean, to watch Boucher get on the offensive glass, to watch Boucher just find so many different ways to affect the game. And in a matchup that he's not supposed to succeed in. Think about that. Chris Boucher playing center for the most part, but playing in the front in the front court with or against Joel Embiid, he's supposed to struggle in that matchup. And instead, he's just super active. And you gotta love it. You gotta respect it from a guy who's just out there being a star. He, he's, a, he's a star for the Raptors off the bench. You gotta give him credit. Early on in the season, you kind of wondered what was this Raptors bench gonna be? And while they're still sorting it out, the most consistent bright spot off the bench has been Chris Boucher. Yes, he's been up and down, but overall, there's been more ups and downs for sure. Chris Boucher is more than earning his money for this Toronto Raptors team. Again, the career high five main threes. He was just on fire, still getting on the glass, and that's what you appreciate. Even if he's shooting the threes and it, that doesn't stop him from messing around and, and mucking it up in the paint, and that's what you want to see. OG, I thought, played well in that fourth quarter, making some tough plays. But really, I think the Raptors' win comes down to the fourth quarter. At one point, I mean, I lost count at 10 straight field goals that Philly had in that fourth quarter. 10 straight missed field goals, pardon me. And just a horrible, horrible play for Philly down the stretch. Again, in the fourth quarter, when you need to win, when you need your big guys to get buckets, 
They only had 19 points in that fourth quarter. And I mentioned it earlier, seven minutes and 39 seconds without a field goal in that fourth. You look at Embiid's stat line and you say 25 and 17 looks pretty good, right? But then you look at six for 20. If you're the Raptors, you definitely live with that. And he just hit a lot of free throws. And everyone's going to talk about the free throw uh, discrepancy between the Raptors and the Sixers. And I'll say this much. First off, people who watch the pod know I rarely ever will blame the refs, but I'll say this much. Definitely, there were some calls the Raptors could have gotten to send them to the line, and they didn't get. And Simmons and Embiid seemed like every single time they were in the paint and someone was close to them, they got the foul call. And I will agree with that. But I'll also say this. From the word go, those guys are putting pressure on the refs to call fouls. And sometimes the refs just follow suit. Like Ben Simmons' game, because remember, he's not shooting jumpers ever. So everything is towards the basket. Everything is seeking out contact. Embiid, same thing, but Embiid then doubles down on that where you'll see a lot of Joel Embiid doing the feeling contact and then flopping on the ground. He does a lot of that stuff. So that's just going to add up to a lot of free throws. Ben Simmons was 10 of 14 from free throw line. Embiid was 12 of 14. So between them, that's 28 free throws themselves. The Raptors as a team shot 18 free throws. So, hey, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, the Raptors, again, instead of arguing or getting mad about it, you play through it, you adjust, and that's it. And they figured out a way to win this game. Again, 110 to 103, huge win for the Toronto Raptors. Fred Van Vliet leading the way with 23 points on 7 of 15 shooting, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. Pascal Siakam with 23 points, 8 assists for Pascal, and 7 rebounds. I'll scroll back up to the top here on YouTube, and John Simone says, Bonjour Boucher. Hubert, big W. Uh, Let's see, if it wasn't for the fouls, it would have been a blowout. Totally agree with that. I just think at this point, if you're the Toronto Raptors, you got to know that at the end of the day, Sometimes that's going to happen. The refs are just bad, and you got to be able to play through it. And they did that tonight, so you got to give them credit. Tammy says, did not think I was going to survive that one. (laughs) That was a back-and-forth game, and Philly played horribly down the stretch. But as Ninad says, that's a big boy win. (laughs) Um, Dante, L. Dante says, fine, I'm here instead of Instagram. Well, I mean, maybe you chose the wrong time to come to the YouTube feed as the YouTube feed went down for a bit. But as I'm told, it looks like everything's back now. So apologies for that. But we are here. We are continuing the pod and I'm getting to your comments now, going through, scrolling up to the top of the feed because there's so many comments to get to. Really appreciate all of you guys for sticking with us here. Fly Miss says, so proud of this team. Six weeks ago, we had the worst record in the NBA. Now we beat the Bucks twice, the Nets, and Philly, who's been the best in the East with no All-Stars, and y'all wanted us to tank with the laughing emojis. I mean, tough, tough to argue here. I ain't mad at you, Raptors fans. Talk your talk. Talk your talk. Uh, Style says, uh, statement win. Someone else says Embiid still has PTSD. It was, I mean, poor Embiid. He still can't figure it out against the Raps. He probably never will. Poor guy. Uh, another comment, we won despite the refs. Great job by the Raps, the Raps for sure to fight through that. 
Um, another comment. Was I the only one that heard Freddie call glass? <laughs> well played. Well played. I like it. KL says, I think we can win without Lowry. I think we should trade him before he becomes a free agent. Again, I'm going to ease off those talks. I'll, I'll let, you know, let things play out, at least get to the all-star break and then can talk about the Lowry trade and all that stuff. Cause I mean, if he's hurt, you're not trading for him. That would be my assumption. But then again, who knows? Another comment here, K2's Garnett. We need Lowry on the play in the playoffs. We don't have a second point guard on the team. Plus, what are we getting for 30 million expiring contract? We won't give him away for free. I totally agree with that. Like what you're gonna get for Kyle Lowry isn't gonna be worth what Kyle Lowry might still be able to give you in the playoffs. I think that's really important. Colin says at least 25 next game for a playoff Powell. He was tired in this one from carrying the team in the last game. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. If you think about it, Norm was the one that really had it going in the last game. So I think at the end of the day, he's allowed to have an off game. Norm's been cooking for so long. Let the man have an off game. Another comment, bench Baines greater than starter Baines. No arguments here. <laughs> No arguments here. Uh, Andrew says Embiid can't even use Gasol as an excuse anymore. That part's true. That part is very true. Uh, more comments. Give Bembry some love. He deserves it. Guy is solid. Rage. That's from Ray J. Ray J must not be a regular of the Wrap It Up podcast. Because if you were, you would know that I've been bigging up Bembry for a long, long time. I've totally been on the Bembry train. I've always thought Bembry was a solid add to this Toronto Raptors team. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, he is just a solid player. He knows where to be. He doesn't really force anything, plays great defense. And I think that, you know, the key for him is he plays solid defense, but then can get out and run the floor and finish at the basket. How many times you see him finish with the dunk at the basket? I think that's just such a great look and more of what the Raptors need in terms of a long wing who can play defense and just knows what to do, doesn't really force any at all, fits right in and does everything within the flow of the game. More comments, though. Shout to the people in the YouTube. You guys are on fire tonight for sure. DJ D Live says, give my guy some likes. Oh, maybe he's talking about me. I don't know if he's talking about him. Give somebody some, li some likes. Okay. Uh, someone's calling Nick Nurse the MacGyver of coaching. <laughs> I like that. That one's pretty good. Uh, more people talking about Kyle trades, and I'm not I'm not there yet. Don't worry. There will be a time where I'll be here for all your Kyle trade talks. I'm just not there yet. Mark B says, Bum Simmons, no jump shot, chirping all game, knowing Kawhi ain't there. The irony is the Sixers kept Simmons instead of grabbing Harden on the block. Now the Sixers can get eliminated by the Nets. Totally agree. I mean, I won't call him a bum because I think he's a good NBA player. I think he's a really good NBA player. The problem for the Sixers, as we witness in this game, they don't know how to counterpunch. And I talk about it all the time about there's levels to this, right? And the difference between going from a good team to a great team or a team that's going to be able to make deep runs in the playoffs is when you get punched in the mouth, can you come back? When the going gets tough, when you need a bucket, what are you going to do? 
And what I saw in that fourth quarter, while the Sixers went seven plus minutes without getting a field goal, is they did not know who to turn to. Because again, Ben Simmons, once you build that wall, if he doesn't get to the basket, he's not shooting the ball. So you can take him out at times. Embiid, we know that he's not, he's getting better at being more consistent, but he's still not the dude where you dump the ball down to him in the post and he's going to get you a bucket whenever you need it. So then when you're the Sixers, what do you do? And we saw that. They struggled. And all they could do was get to the free throw line. That was it. But that's not going to match up against many good teams who have plays that they can set up to get buckets. Because it's not like the Raptors offense was clicking at such a high level in that fourth quarter. They were just able to get stops and get out and run. But also get back on defense to stop Ben Simmons from getting out and running. I don't know. For me, if I'm the Raps and you have to play the Sixers at some point in the playoffs, I don't think you fear the Sixers. I really don't. So if the Raptors, like, I don't even want to get that far ahead. I was going to say, if the Raptors win the 4-5 matchup and then have to play the Sixers, who are the, I don't even want to get that. There's way too much time in between now and then to get to those talks, but I'll just say, I still don't fear the Sixers. K2's Garnett, I love the fact the, that we run a play Free up Boucher for three out of a timeout. Those that think Nick Nurse is a great coaching staff, or we think that our coaching staff is really, really great. Yeah, the out-of-timeout plays are great from the Toronto Raptors. You see that all the time. Someone says, Danny Green is still on the Raptors. Thanks, bruh. <laughs> Another person says, Danny is a double agent. <laughs> Danny Green fouled out. How do you foul out as a guard? That's hard to do. Foul out as a guard? Danny Green, man. Danny Green. He's a character. He's a character. Um, Flyman says, I kind of thought it was odd that Doc kept Danny in the game with five fouls with like nine minutes left in the fourth. That's because it's Danny Green. So it doesn't matter. It's Danny Green. That's all I got. That's all I got. Um, a question. Sheldon, if you had a choice, Middleton or Harris? I'm going to say Middleton. Because at least Middleton, sometimes like you notice him on the floor. Like, for all Middleton's, my issues with Middleton, at least there's still times where Middleton will come across, demand the ball, and try to make a play. I don't think I've ever seen that from Tobias Harris. I feel like whenever I see Tobias Harris scoring, it's off like the end of a swing or he has like a wide open three-pointer. So I don't know, and he's not, he's a solid defender, but he's not like an A++ defender. So then what is his elite skill that makes him a max guy. I don't really get it. So give me Middleton. Middleton, I know, is at least a knockdown shooter. And if I tell him sit in the corner, he can knock down threes consistently, I think. But it's that's a tough one. You almost stumped me on that one. I can't lie. Uh, let's get to some more comments. Whoa, Joseph Sai says he'd take Harris for sure. Uh, Daisy says, 100% disagree with everyone you said. I don't feel that the Sixers are scary at all. Doc's coaching doesn't scare me either. Oh, I think they're talking to someone in the chat. Because, yeah, none of that scares me either. I totally agree. As someone says, Nick Nurse greater than Doc Rivers. Um, Fly Miss also says, at least Middleton was an all-star, which is totally true. Uh, let me switch it up here, and I'll go over to Twitter. So many comments here, and I'm going to read them all because this is where the Raptors are. Uh, Aaron says, two weeks ago, I was ready to blow it up. Is there any moves you see Bobby and Masai making? I think they're going to add some front court depth. 
I don't think it'll be like a quote unquote big name. Like I don't think it's going to be Drummond or names that people keep throwing out, throwing out there. But I think that it'll be someone just to add some depth, just another big body that, you know, it's not going to be Baines alone that you have to throw to every time Embiid steps on the floor. That's what I think. I don't know, but maybe. Uh, let me see some more comments here from Twitter. Man, I'm starting to think we don't need to make many moves unless one like the buyout market. If they can get one of the buyout guys in terms of Boogie Cousins, Blake Griffin, or I assume that also Drummond's going to get bought out. If you're able to get Cousins, I would gladly take DeMarcus Cousins. Gladly. If you take DeMarcus Cousins, he is six angry fouls for Joel Embiid. And he's better than Baines. And I'd really take anybody that's better than Baines at this point. Can't even lie. Uh, yeah, another person asking about Boogie Cousins. Another trade Lowry and get a center. I disagree with that. I would not do that. Kyle Lowry, remember, once playoff time comes, you're going to need the odd Kyle Lowry just toughness game where he guts one out for you and wins you a game that you do not deserve to win. And yes, you'd expect Pascal to play better in the playoffs this year than he did last year. But if you remember that Celtic series, the Raptors went as Kyle Lowry went. When Kyle Lowry played well and got off to a good start, the Raptors won those games. When Kyle Lowry didn't, the Raptors lost. I'll switch over to Instagram as Ann says, if we have to lose Kyle, Philly is the only team I'd want him to go to. Uh, we would get back Ben and teach him how to shoot. Uh, no, we would not get back Ben Simmons for Kyle Lowry. That's not how that would go. Um, I don't think, I honestly don't think you'd get much for Kyle Lowry. You'd probably get like contracts to add up. Maybe you'd get a pick, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, you might get Danny Green back in that deal, which would just be so disappointing. I really hope that's not a thing that would happen. Um, let me see what else we got here. Glow Girl Smile. I like Pascal's growth with his playmaking. He had eight assists. Totally agree. My guy, August, what's up, man? He says, 16 and 15 now, 2 and 8 then. I'm just saying. <laughs> Owen says, in a hypothetical series against the Sixers, do you think we should start Boucher and Baines in the front court? No, I do not think so at all. <laughs> um, I think you just start your best players. I think you continue to start your best players and you continue to mix up what you do on defense. Remember, there's a couple things you can do. You can play zone. You can play a matchup zone. You can double Embiid. There's like, I'm going to make Joel Embiid play me out of with my small lineup. That's, that's what I would do. And I think they kind of did that to start. Because remember, off to a good start in this game, but he wasn't able to sustain it. And as Nurse continued to throw out different lineups, they didn't know what to do. Uh, Dio's mom says, you're like Kawhi, never overreacting to the feed issues, like the attitude and positivity. Well, hey, what am I going to do, right? Why get mad? Should I get mad and frustrating that the audio messed up for a bit or my internet feed was messing up for a bit? No, getting mad isn't going to solve the problem. So I just keep going and hope that eventually it turns around. And you know what? It did. Positive vibes from the raps. Positive vibes from you guys, the fans of the pod as well. And I liked it. You know, this is also why we have multiple ways to watch the show. If one feed goes down, you can go to the next show, the next feed and figure it out there. Really appreciate that for sure. I know the YouTube comments are still going. So I'm going to go back here and read some comments because I know you guys are going. Uh, I'm so iffy about Cousins. I need him to stay healthy for at least one year. 
Well, you don't need them to stay healthy for one year. At this point, you need them to stay healthy for a couple months. <laughs> and I also think that people are, I think you're past the point where you're expecting Boogie Cousins to be, you know, an all-star or like a star player. He's coming in to fit a role. He's coming in to buy you minutes in the front court to be a big body for about 20 to 25 minutes a night. And I think if that, those are your expectations, I take that. Same with uh, Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin's going to, Blake Griffin I can see going to a top team and really helping them, just playing a role. Um, Blaming the refs will solve the problem, Sheldon. <laughs> well played. Well played. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, You know what? So we are going to, I'm going to say thanks guys for tuning in. And I really appreciate you guys. I, I think that at the end of the day, you guys have done such a good job in following and rocking with this the Wrap It Up podcast and its different forms and whatever the feeds are or whatever the feed issues are. I really appreciate you guys rocking with me here because, you know, I really wouldn't be able to do this on my own. When we started this this project, right, I remember in the beginning, it was so that I can do sit after the game and talk with a couple of my boys, a couple of my girls, all the homies, take the group text and turn that into a podcast. That was the goal. Never did I ever want to or think that I'd be able to do this on my own. And here we are three years later and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So that obviously limits the movement of people being able to come over and sit in my house in the middle of a pandemic. So this is kind of the only way to still do the podcast. And luckily for me, over the last three years, we were able to build this up to where I got you guys helping me out every single night, talking Raptors, talking Raptors wins again. And it feels so, so good to be here and do it again. As my guy, <laughs> my guy LT here says, I'm Bem for real. I might just say how I feel. Got to go back to the Drake album for that one. I like it. I like it. Maybe it's a thing. We'll get the movement going on, on Twitter or something like that. I like it. But again, Raptors win 103 or sorry, 110 to 103. The Raptors win a huge win as they improve now to 16 and 15. Again, they go from a two and eight start to now being 16 and 15. Raptors have won eight of 11 and four in a row. Their defense doing the job in the fourth quarter, holding Philly to 19 fourth quarter points. In fact, Philly went seven and a half minutes without a field goal in the fourth quarter. Defense, defense, defense wins. This resembles a lot more of the Raptors teams that we we're used to watching over the past few years. Your man's Fred Van Fleet, 23 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. Pascal, 23 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Chris Boucher, off the bench, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks. Holding Joel Embiid in check. What a game for the Toronto Raptors. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you are tuning in, thanks for rocking with me, even through the audio issues. Whether you were on uh, Twitter, whether you were on Twitch, whether you're on YouTube, wherever you're watching, Instagram peeps as well. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys for rocking with me here on the Wrap It Up podcast. And in case you missed it or in case you gave up because of the audio issues, don't worry, we got you covered. It'll be all cleaned up for the podcast momentarily, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Shouts to you guys liking and subscribing on the podcast. Appreciate it so much. 
Tune in to also on the feed. Check or wherever you're at now, just scroll a little bit and you'll find this week's episode of the Ball on Blast pod with Andrew Webster. We talked about Embiid's MVP candidacy. We talked about the Raptors playing a lot better as of late. We talked about the All-Star starters. And I go into a little bit of a deep dive on a new job that I got. So lots going on for sure. Really appreciate you guys watching. Check out everything we got on the On Blast Podcast Network, including our latest Ball On Blast pod. But for this, thanks again. We'll be back on Tuesday when the Raptors play the Sixers once again. Hope you guys will join me as we do this each and every night after the Toronto Raptors game. Because this is your show. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Really appreciate you guys rocking with me. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.